What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing this week? Doing well, man. Got a great episode planned for the people. Look, big one this week. Not only are we reviewing the Netflix movie Red Notice, which I love, by the way. Just shout out to The Rock. Shout out to Ryan Reynolds. It was hard. That movie was hard. We're also talking Colin Black and White, but got a special interview for y'all with one of the writers of Colin Black and White, my guy, Josiah Johnson, host of Out of Pocket on Buckets. And he's also, like I said, the writer on, on um, Colin, Colin in Black and White. So, yeah, we got that coming up for y'all. So great episode planned for the people today, Shumi. But like, I got to give credit. I, I did not expect Red Notice to be that good. And I texted you. You didn't like it as much as me, but like I was sitting in my house. By myself, well, well, Chris was asleep, but she just got back from a trip trip. She her ass was asleep. I was watching it and I was just in it. I put it on. I was like, okay, she might like this. Falls asleep. I'm in it. Ryan Reynolds has me laughing. I'm gonna save this. I'm gonna save this because we're gonna review it. But love that movie. Yeah, we'll talk about it more at the end, but I definitely think it was one of Netflix's best of the year so far. So Gotta give him credit. That was good. That. that was really good. So and uh and you know we'll have a fun conversation about Colin black and white as well also not something that i would say that people need to give a chance to despite your opinions on colin kaepernick yep great show great show definitely enjoyed that show as well i was i was shocked there's a lot of things i was shocked about so you know yeah me too so we're gonna get into all of that so super excited for that and of course uh, we had disney plus day so that's where we're gonna end up starting off and we'll have some more news and it's a big week for stuff or maybe on the rise we won't have an episode next week because of thanksgiving holiday um but when we come back we will be talking probably the entirety of cowboy bebop yeah definitely i'm gonna watch it like i'm gonna be in no it's, it's gonna drop this week so like yeah i'm gonna watch it before i go to disney world and then we're flying oh so i'm gonna experience the the i haven't watched tv on a plane in like in a while like last time i flew I probably got some good stuff on there. Yeah, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see what's up. Like, I'm, but I'm probably gonna just download some stuff before I go, like some seasons and whatnot. And well, that's what I'm doing for my flights. I'm gonna, I'm gonna download Cowboy Bebop pretty much in its entirety and watch it. You should. Okay, wait. You're going on like a longer flight than me. I'm going on like like a couple of hours to Orlando. You're going like across the country. You need to download yeah. Succession because that's what I'm gonna download. Like, you need to just download season one of Succession. And just watch it. Please, can we get on this? You're going on a trip. This can happen. This legitimately can happen. Yeah, I can, I can get into it. All right. that That's all I ask. Just start succession. I, we're late. We're super late. Season three is going on right now. I'm not caught up, but but I don't have incentive to catch up. Because if, if, if he catches up, I'm definitely going to catch up. So put it on your thing because right. I'm putting it on mine for my flight for sure. All right. Well, without any further ado, let's get started. So Disney Plus Day did not really have too much. It was high. It was uh, it was okay. Um, the big thing up top was definitely the Obi Wan Kenobi first look. Ewan McGregor and Deborah Chow shared an exclusive look at the series with behind the scenes footage and concept art of Obi Wan and Darth Vader facing off, as well as we saw an Inquisitor. Um, you know, lots of different set pieces. So obviously, we're going to go across the universe. It's not going to be like a Tatooine centric story as a lot of people had originally believed. So that's I'm exciting. into that. 
And I saw some Star Wars fans like, oh no, Darth Vader's gonna fight Obi-Wan. No, it's no, goes, yes, it goes back to, to that line that we always talk about. Last time I saw you, I was just a student, a student in the dark side. They're thinking like he's he's talking about a student, like now nah, he's a math. No, 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 no. He's a student in the dark side when he sees him on that ship. He's a master of the dark side. So I'm I'm ready for that confrontation. I'm ready for this show. Gotta say Star Wars won Disney Plus Day. Gotta give it to him. Ever since Filoni and Favreau have been in charge. They've just been killing it, but just been killing it. So, like, I'm giving it to them. That was great. Yeah. The, you should be hyped as a Star Wars fan. On Disney Plus Day. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm pretty hyped about Obi-Wan. I mean, it was definitely great. I thought we were going to get some Andor stuff, too. It didn't happen. Um, but, I mean, that's that's coming down the pipe. Uh, but the other thing that they did give us that I watched, and I put it on my movie on the rise this week, was uh, the Boba Fett documentary. It's only 30 minutes. Okay. But it... It's pretty cool about, you know, it's t- George, Dave Filoni, they all give like interviews, people who uh, were there on Empire Strikes Back during the creation of Boba Fett. They talk about his creation, things that happened in the leads up to him being in the Clone Wars. And, you know, they talk to Daniel Logan, who played him in Attack of the Clones. So a lot of cool stuff about Boba Fett. I'm going to watch this because that, that definitely sounds interesting. But I got to say, you yeah, and short. You 100% are the Disney Plus shill on this show. Like, you love that streaming service, though. Are you? Yeah, I mean, I love their stupid little shows. Man. I know I, you I, do. <laughs> but, you know, I was really upset, and I, I don't have this in the news, but this did happen this week. Emilio Estevez will not be in the second season. I saw season. that, and I, I thought you were going to put it in. See, that's why the thing I brought it up. I knew you. I knew that would hurt. You were upset about that. Yeah, that, that stings, because I just don't know if they, without Emilio Estevez, they're going to be able to, like, recapture what they did you know, could, they like, could they run it audible and get the other brother no no, no. i'm I, the only assumption i can think of is like maybe you go and try and get uh the, the actor who played charlie conway i can't remember his name joshua jackson yeah. mm. maybe you try and go get joshua jackson uh or you you know but you already brought like uh, some of the people back before maybe bring one of them back to to coach i don't know mm. okay but, All right. that's those possibilities but i am waiting to see if turner hooch gets season two because i'm waiting on it I, I see. I told you you're, you're the Disney Plus guy. Had to had to let it be known, but I, I'm definitely checking out that Boba Fett doc. That sounds hard. I'm yeah. all in on Star Wars right now. I'm in. I'm in on everything. You know who I'm not in on? Marvel. Marvel's taking L's, bro. And see, Eternals was meh. People are people are are outraged. Like, oh, y'all are upset at this about diversity. No, that film was meh. I've been just commenting that on all on TikTok. I'm just like a TikTok chill now. And it's, it's just mad. Eternals was mad. Y'all, Marvel took an L this year. Black Widow was horrible. Shang-Chi was a hype. Eternals was mad. Falcon Winter Soldier, good show. Loki, I, you know, I have my qualms with it. And WandaVision's whatever. How much money did, how much money did Disney p- p- pay Stephen A. Smith to put Black Widow as a third <laughs> favorite Marvel movie? Yo, Stephen A. Smith's list was ass. It was awful. It was awful. I was like, there's no way Black Widow is the third best Marvel movie. <laughs> Maybe the third to the last. <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, this Marvel stuff, you know, the only thing I was excited about, truly excited about, even maybe a little bit more than Obi-Wan, was Moon Knight. Oscar Isaac, I'm hyped for that. That That's yeah, it. The, the bit that we got in Moon Knight was really cool. You could definitely see, like, the Batman elements that they're that they're taking for this character uh i'm ready for that man i mean that's gonna drop in disney plus in 2022 that's the most exciting thing 
for next year, Disney Plus streaming wise for me. Yeah, same, same. Like Miss Marvel, uh, She Hulk, definitely. Uh. <laughs> that yeah. Echo thing. Only reason why I'm hyped for that Echo thing is because Daredevil's going to be in there, and they and Daniel, our shout out to our guy Daniel RPK. He came out and said that they're making a, a Daredevil series. So, you know, I'm hyped for that. Yeah. Charlie Cox is coming back. So. Echo will be interesting, but we don't have enough about Echo yet. We will soon. Yeah, and that Hawkeye show, series. She will show up in Hawkeye. Oh, so after, wait, so after Thanksgiving, we're going to have Hawkeye. Oh, yeah, the next Bros Who Binge is going to be nuts. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, they announced the Agatha series, which we knew that was Trash. Um, Yeah, you said She-Hulk and Miss Marvel. Bro, that title uh, card, then, that She-Hulk title card looked like uh, some some intern who just learned Photoshop. Like, bro, I felt like I could have gave a better title card and I just started learning how to do thumbnails and, and shit. Like, I was, I was just like, what did y'all just put out? Like, this is crazy. Like, that, that didn't look good. It seemed like they were going for, I will say, it did convey law and order. It did convey a law sure. and order type vibe. But the, you could have did something better than that. Yeah, I don't know. I'll probably end up, I mean, we're going to end up watching them. Yeah, at least sure. for the first couple episodes, but it wasn't a lot that excited me about that. I was more excited about some of the other stuff in the animated space, but the one, the one more live action was the Secret Invasion. We got to see Nick Fury. No, that's gonna be hard. That is gonna be pretty good. So I'm interested to know more about the scrolls, more about Nick Fury and his, you know, relationship with the scrolls. So that, that but that's just not as exciting as a action story as like you know moon knight's gonna be yeah moon, moon knight's the one moon knight's definitely the one for next year also wait oh, but, just real quick oh, it, iron hard too it was in one. the it was on the ringer show gotta shout out van leith and baton rouge's own on his show he talked to like one of the casting people or like somebody in marvel some top guy in marvel i'm, I'm bad at just saying at like reciprocating this information or like letting this information out but basically he was talking to this guy about like casting recasting to child and he was like yeah we just couldn't do it we, we decided in like five minutes like we just just couldn't make it happen it just um we meet Coogler thought that like we should have went another way about that type of thing. And I'm just like mistake, uh, especially after all this Letitia Wright stuff, anti-vaxxer things getting cut down. Like mistake, bro. Mistake. We're going to see hope. But, but yeah, they're not yeah, recasting that, T'Challa. They're not. That they're just, getting pushed back. Huh? They're oh, going to push back that movie. Yeah, they will. But they, yeah, they said they're in in the MCU six one six. At least at this point, they're not looking to recast at all, at all. So like, may not happen for 10, 20 years. I I just think that's a mistake, and we'll and time will tell. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, moving into some of our other announcements in the animated space for Disney Plus, uh, Spider Man Freshman Year, the animated series following Peter Parker, the MCU's Peter Parker. Are you hyped uh, for this? And when he, he gets the early parts of his powers. Um, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, you know, that's one thing we didn't really know about the Spider-Man as much as his origins and how much they actually go into like the origins that we know of our other Spider-Man. So I think it's going to be interesting, but like, they just don't have a lot of time frame to deal with. It's just like, so it's just going to be like a two season show. Like, And like, we're going to deal with him in that, know. that, that makeshift suit for like, like for two seats, like I, look, I'm sorry. If you want to do another Spider-Man show, bring back one of those classics that you, that you got. You got like three in the in the chamber. You're doing it with X-Men. You're already copying Batman the animated series. You might as well do that too. 
this does not excite me at all. At all. Well, it's almost like if you want to do something like Spider-Man like this, do what you're doing in Marvel Zombies. Take something from a different multiverse. Just literally just do a different Spider-Man. Like, don't do this MCU Spider-Man thing. Like, we don't, we don't need to do prequels of the MCU animated. Like, if you, you want don't. to do, like, other side stories, then that's fine. But, like, that's but not that. Yeah, not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan. Um, you know, speaking of that, I did say Marvel Zombies. That's probably the stupidest idea for a show ever. <laughs> Taking an episode of What If and making it into a series. Not a fan of that either. But not a fan of that. I don't. I don't think I'm. I don't even think I'm going to watch any bit of that. No, uh, I'm not. I didn't watch any What If. I'm not watching Marvel Zombies. But I, I will watch X Men '97. I have the to. new animated series from the iconic '90s timeline of the original X Men series. Damn copycat. Dig that. I dig it, but I feel like they saw they saw they saw Twitter was like, yeah, Batman the animated series. They're like, well, wait, we got two. We we could either do Spider-Man or we could do X-Men. Let's do X-Men. And people are like, yeah, this is cool. But this is I I'm watching new new ish X-Men content before they make it into the MCU probably five years. Yeah. So fair. Give us something. Uh, but that kind of concludes Marvel. Moving on along for Disney Plus, you had Willow announcement. Pretty much their cast was announced. Notable names is like the the one dude from Spider Man. They made a joke about that in the video, and uh, the the girl from Solo, Aaron Kellyman, Kellyman, who was in Solo and the Falcon Winter Soldier. Okay. She's gonna be in. Uh, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. The villain from Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. The yeah. redhead girl. Yeah, uh, so they're going to be in Willow. I'm excited for Willow. I've never seen the original. I will go out and see it before I see this because it, you know, it's based pretty much the timeline of that show or that movie. So, all right, that's not really my jam, that. but you know, oh my god, Tony Revioli is in this from uh, yeah, that's the guy from Spider Man, Grand yeah. Budapest Hotel. Okay, uh, Disney Plus is going to make an animated Tiana series. Uh, cool. Stella McKee will be the director and the writer of this new long-form musical series. In the series, Tiana sets off for a grand new adventure as the newly crowned princess of Maldonia, but a calling to her New Orleans past isn't far behind. Oh, cool. This is where, you know, for the people that always want to see, like, Tiana, the person, do stuff and not the frog, this is for you guys. Like, you get you get this now. Well, I think that this is a really good move by Disney because one thing that was really successful in the 90s was when they took some of their properties, like The Little Mermaid, for example. Yep. They made the Aladdin an show. animated series, The Aladdin Show. The Hercules you know, now, Show. I was a fan yeah, of all so those. So now take your liberties and do it with some of your newer properties. And we're going to, that's going to be a theme running through here next because, you know, now it's, the next one we have is Utopia Plus. They're going to, Return to the fast-paced mammal metropolis of Zootopia with Zootopia Plus, a new short-form series coming to Disney Plus in 2022. May, maybe not following Judy Hopps, but they're going to follow characters within that Zootopia, yeah. Zootopia, which would be really interesting because that was a good movie. Yeah, I enjoyed that movie as well. Uh, Cars on the Road, Mater and Lightning McQueen from Cars go on a cross-country road trip. That's kind of but Cars original been, voice cast will return. Cars has been butt since the first movie. Pretty much. But, you know, again, you know, trying to they did it with the monster show, too. And the monster show ended up being pretty good. But, you know, we hadn't had Monsters Inc. in a while. True. Um, Cars is a little bit oversaturated at the moment. 
um, Dis- Disenchanted. Amy Adams and Patrick Dempsey will return in Disenchanted, the sequel to the hit film Enchanted, coming Disney Plus. I thought my girl Amy Adams was too big for this shit. She coming back for real? That's crazy, bro. That's I never wild. saw the first movie, but I was definitely. You never saw that? Movie. I'm pretty sure I saw this movie in theaters. Like, I'm pretty sure I went with my family and saw this in theaters. It was a weird movie. Maybe I'll watch it on Disney Plus, but you know, this just wasn't something that I thought that Amy Adams was going to do either. Yeah, didn't see this coming. Gabrielle Union and Zach Braff are going to star in a reimagining of the hit family comedy Cheaper by the Dozen coming in March 2022. Didn't see this coming either. You know, first Cheaper by the Dozen. We had the Steve Martin Cheaper by the Dozen. That was our era. Yes. I enjoyed that yeah. movie. That was a funny movie. I think this is going to be a good one that they bring back on Disney Plus. You know, Home Alone just came out. I haven't heard too much about what people think about it yet. But I, from what I saw in the trailers, we talked about it prior it was that it looks like it's enough of its own that I think it could work. Um, same with the cheaper by the dozen here. I don't, I just don't really think cheaper by the dozen is something that people were either one clamoring for or one or two, something that would offend people if it was brought back. Yeah. It's just like, it's just whatever. And I yeah, think I agree. a new audience for cheaper by the dozen could, could be pretty good. Uh, Baymax, a spinoff of Big Hero 6. Baymax put out a trailer for its first animated series or for Walt Disney Animated Studios' first animated series. I watched the trailer and it was funny. Mm, It was good. I've never never seen Big Hero 6. I need to. Uh, But Baymax pretty much is... He gets put into like a new neighborhood or something and he ends up like helping out all these different families and you know, I don't know enough about Big Hero 6 to know like if it's so accurate to who Baymax was in the movie, but it looks pretty funny to me. I, I think it's pretty pretty cute and funny. Okay, so a little, little thing for the kiddies. I don't okay, know if I'm it's like something that we'd be super interested in, but I think the kids will like it. The kids will dig, okay. Now, the, the Spiderwick Chronicles, a book series that when we were kids, I was huge into. They're going to bring that back. Wasn't and- Chloe Grace Moretz in like the version that they tried to make of this? Freddie Highmore was, I'm pretty That's sure. That's who it was, Freddie Highmore. I mean, they, they had a bunch of that young actors when we were coming up. He was one of them. Dude was in everything. He was he was this generation's Jacob Tremblay. Dude was in everything. Freddie freaking Highmore. Yeah, um, Seth Rogen was one of the voices. Didn't know that. Um, Nick Nolte was in it. Uh, Mary Louise Parker was in it. So... Yeah, all the Spider-Man Chronicles. But yeah, they're going to bring that back as a series on Disney+. Plus. I think that could work if they get the right people around it. All right. Um, Well, you know, I'll check it out, maybe. We knew this was coming, directed by Robert Zemeckis, Pinocchio, uh, starring Tom Hanks, Cynthia Erbo, Luke Evans, and Benjamin Evan Ainsworth. Oh, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Keegan-Michael Key, and Lorraine Bracco. That's going to premiere on Disney Plus exclusively on fall 2022. So I think that's kind of a big deal that they're going to bring like a movie like this with these names. That's going to be just a Disney Plus movie. Yeah. And this is a Mecca's directed with Tom Hanks. in. this is big. This is a step up for Disney Plus. Yeah. So that's a bit. That's a big announcement. Uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers with John Mulaney and Andy Samberg voicing them will be on Disney Plus in spring 2022. I thought this was live action CG. it's gonna be it's gonna be bold. We'll see yeah. how it goes. Hope John Mulaney's life's in order by the time this goes together. Fair enough. 
<laughs> uh, there was a trailer for Sneakerella set in the sneakerhead subculture. I actually watched this trailer. Twist on the Cinderella fairy tale. It reminded me of like a Disney original movie, a Disney Channel original movie. Pretty much. Yeah. Which is this is where that would happen now. So, you know, we'll probably be seeing stuff like this moving forward. Fair. Whatever. Fair enough. Uh, the Proud Family, louder and prouder. Penny Proud has grown up in the Proud Family. Not by Penny much. Proud is grown up in the Proud Family, louder and prouder. The new show based on the Disney Channel series from the 2000s starts streaming February 2022. Pumped. Yeah, it looked good. Trailer looked good, but not that. Give me more Sugar Mama. Yeah, Sugar Mama was back. This look good, man. You know, Poppy was back with his green hair. Everybody was back. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to check it out. I'm, I wonder who's going to voice Sticky now that Orlando Brown has went from, you know, Orlando Brown to his to his fall. But he's coming back now. Dude has got his life together. Saw a video of him the other day. He, he, he changed. They might bring him back. But he said that stuff about Raven. So I don't know if they, Disney going to bring him back. It's a lot of bad shit about Disney. Well, he, they, may not even bring, they may not even bring back the characters. Nah, Sticky was in the trailer. Too necessary. Oh, OK. I didn't see that. Uh, next up, we got Win or Lose, Pixar's first ever original long-form animated series. Win or Lose is coming to Disney Plus in 2023. Each episode follows a different character on a middle school co-ed softball team preparing for their championship game. This could be Don't big. Don't know what this is going to be. It's Pixar's first. This could be big. This could be Emmys type stuff. Well, I mean, I don't know about I don't know about all that. Maybe I, I buy into Pixar, man. Pixar puts out hits. Yeah, and they're putting you know. For their first like TV show, going to be its own short film, almost. Yeah, some anthology shit. Yeah, so that could be pretty cool. Uh, and then the last bit that we have here is Nat Geo We've got two shows: Will Smith and Chris Hemsworth have each have their own adventure show on Nat Geo. It's going to be about six episodes each. <laughs> Weird. I'm watching either of those. <laughs> no, and then there's going to be a Peter Jackson directed Beatles docu series. Nice. That's pretty cool. That's gonna be cool. That's for the adults on Disney Plus. Nice. Okay. Cool. That's all the Disney Plus day stuff. That's all the Disney Plus day stuff. Um, moving on to some of our normal stories of the week: Rogue Squadron delayed indefinitely due to Patty Jenkins scheduling conflicts. So I don't know if that's gonna be the first Star Wars movie to come out now. Wonder it Woman could be, three. Yeah, Wonder Woman three is probably what caused that to be pushed. Um, the question is, is what's gonna be the first Star Wars movie to come? Is it going to be some secret movie that we that people it's are saying? Acolyte. Acolyte starts filming on. next year. But that's series. Oh, Talk yeah. It's a series. And that isn't a movie. Is, is Taika's movie going to be? Is Taika even going to do this movie with all this other stuff? Or Feige's movie that, that people are saying Chloe Zhao's directing. Yeah, that secret one. Yeah. The secret Star Wars movie. And I'm sure they would have announced it at Disney Plus if Eternals was popping. Probably. Probably. But, but it wasn't. So, so they're slow. But Star Wars got enough going on in the TV space that I think will be able to hold themselves over. You know, you got Bo- yeah. Book of Boba. Next year, you'll have Mandalorian season three and Obi Wan. Yep. And possibly Andor. And Ahsoka's coming up right behind it. So. And Acolyte too. So that's yeah, coming as and well. Acolyte, so. Yeah, no, Star Wars is fine, but. Man, that that's funny. I bet Feige did want to announce that that Star Wars t- movie, but. Chloe Zhao's movie didn't do well. But I'll say this. The way she had those Celestials looking, if she does a Star Wars movie, it's going to look crazy. It's going to look nuts. I'll, I'll give I'll, I'll say that. I, I, I'd, I'd actually want to see her do a Star Wars movie because her Eternals movie 
It was meh, but they had promised to it. There were a lot of things I liked about that movie. That's true. And I also feel like Marvel is in like, I don't know, Star Wars, New Age Star Wars has been in the same space as Marvel where it's kind of like, can you get dark? I don't know. Star Wars has been killing but, it though. New Age Star Wars has been pristine. Post movies, post movies. Yeah, post movies, exactly. For sure. And besides Rogue One. Yeah, I'm not even, we don't even uh, have to count. That feels like a different life. That feels like a whole nother lifetime ago, Rogue One. Were we even potting when Rogue One came out? We were not. Jeez, so long ago. Gosh, Rogue One. I think we started potting around Last Jedi. Yeah, not think last, so. yeah, last year I am. Think so. Yeah, crazy. No, 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 no. We started potting after Solo. No, we did a Last Jedi pod. We definitely did. All right, definitely. Anyway, Spider Man Far From Home's latest poster confirms Green Goblin. He is seen small but clear in the background. I could have told you we didn't even need this on here, bro. Everybody's just look. You want to know who's in the movie? I can tell you. Like it's like it's out there. Green Goblin. Jamie Foxx's Electro, the Sandman, the Lizard, fucking uh, Doc Ock, maybe Rhino. Daredevil's in it. Both Toby and Andrew are in it in some other surprise shit that we just don't know about. Like, that's the movie. The it's now is Kirsten Dunst. She in it as Mary Jane. She not in it. Well, why? Why would she need to be in it? She not. She does not. This has nothing to do with that. But but yet they're still saying this is a Tom Holland movie. How? How, Sway? How? But I guess we don't got the answers. We're 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 to Kanye West. But just how, Sway? I I, I don't know. One trailer this week, Silent Night, Keira Knightley movie. Did you see that? No. <laughs> I did not. Did you watch it? it was, was it good? No. Oh. It wasn't it, it was all right. Okay, okay. It's the only not, trailer that was out there. Not a big week for trailers, but all right. Next up, we got Prey, which is set in the Predator universe with an indigenous woman as its lead. will stream on Hulu in the United States in summer of 2022. All right, so it's going back to like before we were a modern civilization, that type of stuff. All right, I'll check it out. It's taking it's taking liberties like uh, I don't know if you ever watched AVP, but when in AVP where they talk about how predator was on earth years ago and was like teaching early people how to do things and that's like obviously not where they're going with this like this is obviously gonna be predator coming in and fucking shit up yeah that's what's gonna happen but based on him fucking shit up they learn and they fight back it's gonna be like it's gonna be like the arnold one where arnold had to get rid of all his gear and got down and dirty into like sticks and stuff and beat the predator's ass. And th- these indigenous people are going to get down and dirty with their weapons. I'd love to see like a ladle, like some real, real, like old school weaponry versus this predator. But if you're going to go, let's go all the anyway. way. Yeah, we knew about this a few months ago. And when the, it was announced that they were doing this, it, they had already said they were in the midst of filming. So we're going to get this as soon as next summer, which is pretty exciting. True. And it's going to be only on Hulu hype. I can't believe you put this in here, but this is big news. Is big I don't, don't want to talk about this, but whatever, we will. The One Piece live action at Netflix has cast the five main roles. Uh, Inaki Godoy is, is uh, Monkey D. Luffy. Mac and you as Zoro. Uh, Emily Rudd is Nami. See, you don't even have the things. I know who these people are. Jacob it's Romero Gibson as uh, Usopp. And Taz Taylor as Sanji. Or Taz Skyler as Sanji. All right, look. 
I'm gonna say this: they didn't look bad. They didn't look bad. Mac and yo, Mac and uh, the Zoro dude, he look, he's a badass. Like dude plays yeah. like he's played samurais and other shit. Like dude's a badass. The I think only Sanji, one that didn't like was Sanji. You didn't, oh, bro. Please tell me you didn't fall into the trap of because Sanji has a buzz cut in the announcement video that he won't look like himself when it's time. Like he's he's gonna get his hair. I mean, I'm sure. I'm just saying, like, I was I liked Usopp. I didn't like Luffy. But like I, I wouldn't have liked Luffy. Hard. I wouldn't have liked Luffy no matter what. Cause like the but, dude pulls off the silly, but my thing is what's he gonna do? Am I gonna buy when he put take takes his hat off and puts it on Nami and he walks and all and this Taz Skyler, this badass looking dude in Mac and yo, is gonna follow this kid. Nah, bro. I don't even believe the black guy would follow him. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> That's a good point. Like he does have the silly Luffy down pad, it seems, but, but this, is he going to be able to, to do that serious Luffy stuff that when you're watching the anime, you're like, Oh shit. Luffy's Luffy means business right now. And that's when that's what makes the shit badass. I just don't know. And then also what's going to happen when he does his first uh, rubber stretch punch that he has to do his first gum gum, whatever. How's that shit going to look? But in the discord, shout out to discord Verson did let us know that. They are putting in the amount of budget as Game of Thrones season one, which is interesting. That means oh, that means they're putting some money into it. Who they need to. Ooh, this is scary. This, this is fucking scary, man. I don't know if this is going to be good. I don't think it will be, but I'll know. I, I'll say more how have, I feel here. this upcoming week after Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, then this kind of ties in the next story because the next story is like Netflix releases the first look at Gundam and announces live action Yu Yu so which one do you think Netflix gets the best? Cowboy Bebop, One Piece, or Yu Yu Hakusho? I, ooh, I don't, okay. Oh, I kind of want to bet on Gundam. I, 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 that Gundam picture looked good. Like, like that, I think, Gun, you know what? As harsh as I've been on it, I'm going to say Cowboy Bebop 1, Gundam 2, Yu Yu Hakusho 3, One Piece last. And I've heard from multiple anime influencers who went to the premiere that Bebop is actually pretty good. Some of them said it's good. Some of them said uh-huh. it's meh. It, it, it's mixed right now, but word is it's pretty good. That's what the word on road is. All right, we'll see. So we'll find out this week. Yeah, I'm going to watch mean, on the 18th. I'm, I got into the, the When they announced the live Yu Yu Hakusho, I'm like, okay, well, I can see where like the first episode of Yu Yu Hakusho, you could do really well. What happens when you go that? to... W- w- you gotta have to put the money into that. that. What happens when he goes to Demon World and they fight the fucking lion beast, man? Like what? What the fuck? No, bro. No, or even when you meet Hie and Hie has all those fucking yeah, eyes Yu-Yu on Yu-Yu him. Show is just like that's a stretch, man. Get my guy. I don't know which more of us. What's what's more of a stretch? Yu Hakusho or One Piece? I I actually think Yu Hakusho might be easier to do. Then One Piece, I got to, I got to go with the York show over One Piece. One Piece is nuts. How long is One Piece going to be? Like, do, are these people committed? Like, I, I need to know. Are these it's actors? Com- are these actors committed? That it's a ten episode season. Are they committed to giving us like another ten seasons? Are they ready for this? Like, are we going to get Kaido? Because if not, then why are we doing it? Like, that's my thing. If I'm not, if I'm not going to get to well, Wano, I mean, like, all I know is we're going to get no time on the boat. <laughs> what time are we gonna get spent on the boat? We gotta go to like location, 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 like just to get a first arc. <laughs> That's a look. The first you know, arc honestly should be the first five episodes. Like getting the crew should be the first season. 
Like there shouldn't be any, but they're all, they're probably all going to be together. Episode three. Are we going to get the Baradier? Like, is, like, is Mihawk going to like, you got to do that. Is Mac and Yo going to fight that? Like, bro, this show, that show is just mind blowing. Like, but I'm, but I'm, but I need to know you actors, y'all better be in for the long haul. I'm ready. I need to see a big mom in a kite. Like, no, bro, they can't do it. It's not going to happen. Where do you think it stops? Do we get to Marine Ford? No, I, I, no. I, I no, no fucking way. I think it's I think it stops with like Buggy the Clown or uh <laughs> they can't just do the they can't just do East Blue and that's it, my guy. They gotta at least do Alabaster. I think Maybe Sky get to Alabaster. I think Sky P is when they start having troubles, like real serious probably, trouble. I think they skip it altogether. <laughs> like I think you could skip Sky P altogether and just go on. <laughs> Major trouble. Major. And then, then what are they gonna do when they get the water seven with Frankie Cyborg ass, the fucking lion man, the giraffe oh, man? That far. <laughs> by the time by the time they get to that, like this dude who's playing Luffy will be 40. <laughs> That's what's are they in for the long haul? Are they in? Emily Rudd, are you are you ready to be and they y'all need to stop this? People is like people are complaining on anime Twitter, these damn incels about the girl's bus size was like, oh, she's not not like what, what the fuck did you expect? How much? <laughs> Fucking incels. <laughs> but that's it, man. That's all the anime stuff. That shit just annoying. But Go that ahead. Gundam picture did look good, though. I will say that Jordan Revork Roberts, the dude who did Skull Island, I actually have faith in that. That dude is anime. Yeah. All right, Roadhouse. Oh, yeah. All right. I, I didn't know it was me again. All right. MGM is ramping up. To, uh, we're ramping up speed on its remake of Roadhouse with Jake Gyllenhaal and talks to star and director Doug Liman circling the project. I like this for Jake. This is something I like. He needs something because he's he's getting he's going through a rough patch. Yeah, yeah, he, he, is. He, he is. He's having some issue this weekend. This is not a great weekend for Jake Gyllenhaal. Man, Taylor. <laughs> That's not his fault. She shouldn't be able to do that. That shouldn't be allowed. Like you can't, can't just come dog this man and have your fans playing videos of him looking sad in all his movies. Like, yeah, fuck Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, this is years you ago. Made a movie about it. This is years ago, bro. Did just you see the short movie? I ain't watched that movie with Dylan O'Brien and Dylan. Dylan O'Brien should be ashamed he acted in that. He, he, him he, and Jake he, never he did be so cool. good though. Huh? He did so good. Oh, he was good. It was. It might have been the best thing he ever did. Well, well, I hope it was worth it. <laughs> he and Sadie Sink had like one scene where like Taylor said on an interview that they did it in one take. Damn, Dylan O'Brien can act. I was like, I, I actually went on Letterbox, reviewed it, and all all that's in the review is all that's in the review is if this doesn't get Dylan O'Brien a better movies than Love and Monsters, I don't know what will. Mm, I don't damn. know what will. Okay, real, real. All right, well, good for Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, next up, we got oh, this is oh, yeah, Roadhouse with Jake Gyllenhaal, badass. Yeah, I want that so bad. I want that, and I want this next thing. Leo, this is big. Leo's gonna in talks to stars the religious cult leader leader Jim Jones for uh, MGM's upcoming feature. Jones was behind the November 1978 mass suicide at the Jonestown settlement that took more than 900 lives. And uh, yeah, no, this is going to be huge. This is the drinking the Kool-Aid, not to be confused with the Dipset rapper, Jim Jones. I think this is going to be a big movie for Leo. I'm excited for this. It's a really interesting story. I'm listening to some podcasts about people who are in this cult. It's wild. That's this, really wild. Dude, Leo's going to have to be a mixture of like, 
Calvin Candy and, and Jordan Belfort. Like he's going to be like a, like a mixture of his worst people because he has to be evil. But at the same time, he has to be charismatic as fuck to get all these people to come join his cult. For sure. Yeah. This is like be crazy. A, a savior and also a villain. Yeah, no, 100 percent. I'm, I'm look, I'm watching that movie, but it's going to be different from his movie. Don't look up. So because this movie that he's about to do, he's like meek and mild mannered. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, he's only getting in the beginnings of this, so this probably won't happen to 2023 or something. True. Uh, so Ben Stiller and Kate Blanchett are teaming up to turn the 1960s espionage television series called The Champions into a movie. In addition to acting, Stiller will be directing the upcoming film adaptation. Uh, the Champions movie playing homage to the TV show from Dennis Spooner follows three United Nations agents whose plane crashes into the Himalayas. Upon being rescued by an advanced civilization secretly living in Tibet, they are granted enhanced intellectual and physical abilities. When the agents return to the outside world, they use their new superhuman abilities to become champions of law, order, and justice. Okay. I just don't know if I want Ben Stiller as my lead, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they are going to be like characters that are not supposed to be superheroes. I think that's kind of the point. Mm. Okay, so they're, but he's gonna be serious. Like, is he? Is it supposed to be a spoof? No, it's supposed to be serious. Okay, all right. Well, we'll see. I, Kate Blanchett, I buy. Ben Stiller, n- not so much. If he's gonna be playing like the spy, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know anything about this TV series. So. I wonder if he's gonna be the superhero or if he's gonna be the agent. They're all agents. They just get superhuman abilities. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see Ben Stiller. Kate Blanchett, I buy though. So a fatal attraction series adaptation has been awarded at Paramount Plus with Lizzie Kaplan attached in the in one of the lead roles. The series is described as a deep dive reimagining of the film that will explore the timeless themes of marriage and infidelity through the lens of modern attitudes towards strong women, personality disorders, and co- co- coercive control. Kaplan will star as Alex, who is, becomes obsessed with her lover after a brief affair. Glenn Close played Alex in the film version, earning himself an Academy Award and a Gold Globe nomination in the process. The role of Dan, that was played by Michael Douglas in the film, has yet to be cast. Alexander Cunningham will serve as writer, showrunner, and executive producer for the series, which she has previously done. Uh, was Physical, the Apple TV series. Um, she did uh, Bates Motel as one of the people on it, but her main thing that she did was Desperate Housewives. Okay. So that makes sense for Fatal Attraction. This could be big, maybe. Paramount Plus, I need to see more from them, but maybe. We need to see the mayors of Kingstown, and then I may make a determination on how Paramount Plus TV series will be. Okay, is that the... No, that's not the Cole Hauser show. Kyle Chandler. That's the Kyle Chandler and Jeremy Renner show. Oh, yeah. Where's this Yellowstone Cole Hauser show? Where's that come on? That's on Paramount Plus, but it's also on TV. Okay, because people have been talking about that show. People say that they, they, they like that show. Yeah. Uh, and I, I need to get into a few of those Western TV shows. Um, but the next thing we got here is HBO Max's Santa Inc. is set for a December 2nd premiere. The damn Christmas Leslie shows Grossman. are coming. Yeah, Leslie Grossman, Gabrielle Sidibay, Craig Robinson, Nicholas Braun from Succession, uh, Maria Bamford, Joel Kim Booster. They're all part of the cast along with 
Seth Rogen as Santa and Sarah Silverman as an intrepid elf named Candy Smalls, who is currently the number two executive vice president at Santa Inc., but wants to become Santa's first female successor. It's a stop, adult stop motion animated holiday series that consists of eight episodes. Okay, I'm gonna watch this. This I, and they'll all be released at once. I hope they go from more of adult trend twinge to this, like a. From what I was reading into it, it's like like one of the characters is playing like a bisexual reindeer, like <laughs> like it's gonna be adult. Like they're gonna okay. be going into some weird things. All right, I'm into this. I'll watch it. This will be a good Christmas switch up for sure. Uh, next thing we got: sex education star Patricia Allison has joined Tate Donovan in an anti-colonial Western paradise called Paradise, produced by Sydney-based Brostis and Blimp Worldwide. Paradise is set in Hilo, Hawaii, and tells the story of Alicia or Ella Patchett, who has a reputation for being a rebellious punk and the fastest gun around. Her only family is her father, Dan, the local sheriff. When corrupt officials cover up his murder, Ella's need for justice disrupts her small island town of Paradise. I'm going to watch this. You know, I'm a Western guy. I'm going to watch it. This sounds good. I'm Western in Hawaii. Yeah. And, you know, that's a change of scenery. So I'm buying it. I'm into this. Yeah, I don't know where this is going to be. I'm waiting to hear about that. But I think it's going to be a pretty interesting series. I agree. All right. Next up, we got stars announced that Peter Green, Iomid, uh, Adian, and Jeremy Bob have been cast in the con- uh, the Continental. Green will play Uncle Charlie, a younger version of David Patrick uh, Kelly's character from the films who cleans up bodies and crime scenes for criminals. Adagun will play Sharon, the Continental's concierge, played by Lance Riddick in the films. Bob will play Mayhew, a new character to the franchise. Nice. Just getting more information about that. That's cool. So More and more characters being added. And some of them are based on the movies. Uh, yep. Kind of cool. Next up, we got Netflix announced uh, Netflix's un- upcoming untitled CIA drama starring an executive produced by Noah Centino has added seven season regulars and four guest stars to its cast. Centino will be joined by Daniel Quincy and Noah, Kristen, or Christian Brun, Colton Dunn, Laura Haddock, Voldy, or Vondi, Curtis Hall, Artie Mann, Byron Mann, uh, Angel Parker, Fievel Stewart, Linus Roach, and Kyla Zander. The espionage thriller series Hails from creator, showrunner, and executive producer Alex Alexi Hawley from Castle, the following The Rookie. Per the logline, the show centers on a fledgling lawyer at the CIA that becomes enmeshed in dangerous international power politics when a former asset threatens to expose the nature of her long-term relationship with the agency until, unless they exonerate her of a serious crime. Hopefully this is good, but you know, you can give me Red Notice 2 instead of this. Like, good for No Centino, but hopefully it's good. Yeah, it's a series, so they'll have some time to flesh it out. But, you know, No Centino is really the biggest name here, and I'm just like, uh, do we need this? And he's executive producing. Like, is this going to be, like, no disrespect to Noah. Like, everybody deserves a shot. We don't know anything about him doing this type of stuff. Yeah, you got to show us. Show me, son. Show me. I'll buy it. To to all the boys, and then he's going to be in Black Adam. Learn from The Rock. He was like, look, The Rock's doing it. I'm doing it. Let's go. All right, bet. Let's see, Noah Centino. Um, and probably the weirdest story that we have in our last story, Foo Fighters will give their fans goosebumps of the cinematic kind in February when, when the horror comedy Studio 666 starring the band hits theaters. The film is directed by B.J. McDonald um, from a story by Foo frontman Dave Grohl. 
All six members of the band, Grohl, Taylor Hawkins, Nate Mandel, Pat Smear, Chris Shiflett, and Rami Jaffe, will act as both executive producers and stars of Studio 666 with fellow actors Whitney Cummings, Leslie Grossman, Will Forte, Jenna Ortega, and Jeff Garland, all set to star. Okay. Interesting. Got, got the right type of cast. Let's see what Dave Grohl does. I, I'm pretty sure he's written comics before, so I can see this happening. Yes. All right. Cool, cool. So well, this, this could be pretty interesting. I mean, I, I'm surprised there's going to be in theaters. Yeah, that's interesting. That should be a streaming thing. Theaters. Yeah, we, we have to wait and see, but yeah. that's pretty much all the news we got for today. Let's get into the segment of the show where we suggest one movie or TV show or multiple that's coming out this week. It's called Movie on the Rise. Shoot me what you got for us. Like I said, go check out that Boba Fett doc on Disney Plus. It's real short. Um, if you are a fan of Star Wars or you know Boba Fett specifically, I mean, you get all the origins on everything that has to do with that character. Uh, Tiger King two will be out this week. Oof, watching that Wednesday. Uh, King Richard will be out in theaters and HBO Max on the nineteenth, and also the the Great, which stars Elle Fanning and uh, Nicholas Holt, will have it will be out for season two on Hulu. All right, bet. Well, I'm definitely watching Tiger King 2 and King Richard and that Boba Fett doc. So yes. I'm excited for all that. That's a big week, big week for stuff. As she was said earlier, I got Cowboy Bebop this week. That's coming out. And then Blown Away Christmas. Get me in the vibes. I'm excited for that as well. On the reality bag, two things I've been watching a lot. I've been watching the the Steve Irwin's kids and family, their show uh. on, on Animal Planet on Discovery+. Plus. <laughs> I need to watch And that. then the newest show that's out on Discovery Plus, um, I guess maybe HDTV, I'm not sure what channel it comes on, but it's a competition-based rea- uh, reality show called Table Wars, and it's about table setting. <laughs> Tamara Mowry is the host, and Martha Stewart's one of the judges. Oh, and my then, goodness. What a show. Discovery it, Plus. It's, it's weird. Putting out that content. Also, you know I'm caught up on The Bachelorette, right? Oh, you're all the way caught up? I'm all the way caught up. Yeah, so you know that, that New Orleans homie is freaking psycho, Chris S? <laughs> yeah. Dude's a nutcase. He's a clown. Dude's a super nut. But no, there's a lot of nutso homies. But I will Jamie. say... Wait, who? Jamie, the dude who got kicked out. Jamie sucked. Jamie was hitting on the producer. Jamie was trying yeah. to smang that producer. <laughs> He was. He was. Like, Michelle's in spring break mode, not you, baby. Yeah. I was like, what does that mean? And he was like, I thought all the guys would have been better. They're not giving me no competition. That makes me makes me worried. Like you said, she's in spring break mode. Yeah. Whatever, but I do guys. think I know the favorites. Joe, Joe from Joe from Minnesota is a favorite. Yeah. He's he's this season's Blake. My man. Okay. My man Cristiano Ronaldo with the blonde hair. He's a favorite. Martin? Yeah. My dude, my dude. I, uh, I thought he was going home last week. So my dude, the the light skinned guy who she kissed on the first, the first dude she liked. Nate. Nate. Yeah, him. And then who Looks else? Looks like Chris Brown. Yeah. And then I think uh, Ogun is his or oh um his name starts with an O. I don't want to pronounce Olu. Olu. That's his. I think he's a favorite. Olu. Yeah, she likes him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think all those guys are up there. I think Rick is up there. Yeah, Rick is comedy. Rick. Um, 
I think that's about it. I, I guess that would be a good five moving forward. Yeah, we're going to see, but I'm like Martin makes it that far. I mean, he had some issues last week. We'll see. That buff guy's doing well, though. Which buff guy? The light-skinned Clayton? buff guy who's the Eminem. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, he's doing pretty good. Um, Clayton, we're waiting to see when his Bachelor moment's going to happen. Because, I mean, he's supposed to be the Bachelor, and he's been kind of non-existent. Oh, he's the Bachelor? Yeah. Figures. Makes sense. Out of all the guys in the show that they choose to be the bachelor, it makes sense. It's that guy. The mom's the teacher. They make sense. They showed his mom in the first episode, like making America really get to love him. Uh, I see that. I've been I've been realizing a lot about shows. Have you ever watched The Professional? The movie no. with Natalie Portman? Mm-mm, not yet. It's on That's- Netflix. Got some weird connotations behind it. Rewatched it today. Didn't notice this the first time I saw it, but like some, some pedophilia shit going on in that movie, bro. <laughs> like, that's legit. Natalie Portman's like 12. It's and like, bro, I was watching this today and then I Googled it to make sure I wasn't tripping. Roger Ebert felt the same way. He was like, I was a little comfortable. And then the, the lady who was with Luke Basson was like, yeah, we were allegedly because Luke Basson denied it. But she was like, yeah, he loved me when I was 12. This was about me. <laughs> Damn. You're nuts. And then Gary Damn Oldman's nuts. just out here going ham. Yikes. All right. Well, I have to watch that. But um, that's uh, that kind of wraps up everything we were talking about to uh do we want to jump into what do we want to jump into next oh yeah let's do it let's jump into our interview with josiah johnson i'll I'll toss it over to myself let me swing it that way and let's get into our interview with uh josiah johnson talking colin black and white all righty ladies and gentlemen got a very special guest with us today my guy the really i attribute this man for always helping me anytime i ask he first time when we had no listeners he was like Whatever you need, young blood, I got y'all. Come on, you show. And he he helped us out tremendously. Still to this day, helps me out. And the let me say this: yesterday's price is not today's price with this guy. We got the host of uh out of out of pocket with buckets. Am I am I correct? Out of pockets, we got the writer of formerly of of Legend, Legends of Chamberlain Heights, one of the best animated shows of all time, but now one of the writers of the new Netflix show, Colin in Black and White. How are you doing today, Josiah? We got the legendary Mr. Josiah Johnson on the show. How you doing, OG? What's going on, Legend? How you doing today? Doing well, man. Can't complain. How are you doing? Like I said, yesterday's price is not today's price. I know you're saying all that, so I'm about to have to start charging y'all, taxing y'all a little <laughs> bag or something. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'm so, I'm so inspired by what you've been doing, proud of what you've been doing, and I'm, I'm happy to call you one of my OGs. Let me start off by saying, what does it mean for you that you got to work on this show with Netflix and with Ava Duvernay? I mean, honestly, tremendous experience. Uh, Ava is a, a queen in, in every sense of the word, just the, you know, being around her, seeing how she runs Array, which is her company. Uh, when we started the show, it was pre-pandemic, started the writer's room, uh, to be able to work with Michael Starberry, who was also a creator on Legends of Chamberlain Heights with myself, who was a showrunner on Colin in Black and White. His first time showrunning the show, did an amazing, incredible job. Yes, he and did. to see, you know, we spent a lot of work on that thing. Ava obviously wanted that thing to, to really be special. When you're dealing with somebody like Colin and just make sure that his story was told accurately and just being in the presence of Colin as well uh, during this process and just getting to learn about him and, and everything that he's kind of doing his life to get to where he is today. And hopefully people will watch the show and have a whole new unique perspective on Colin and just what an amazing human being he is. 
how those things that he dealt with uh, during his younger years helped mold him into the person he is today and how a lot of this activism, people like to pretend like it just came out of nowhere, it came out of thin air. I think it was always inside of him. He was just looking for a way to let it, to release it. So uh, proud, proud to be a part of the project. Really, really happy with the response. Like I said, the people that we want to, to love and like the project are the ones that who, who really loved it. And the people that we wanted to hate it are the, exactly the ones who we expected to hate it, expected them to be up to their chic chicanery, yeah. uh, you know, so <laughs> it's all good, man. So I think we're, we're all just excited about it. And again, thank you to Netflix. Thank you to Ava, Starberry and Colin for letting me be a part of the project. Also, our tremendous writing staff, who I, I believe deserves a tremendous amount of love. Uh, Terry Schaefer, Raynell Swilling, Evan Ball, uh, you know, Natasha Trotter, Maisha Miller, and Raul Martin, the legend, uh, you know, so here we are. Yeah, like everything you said, and one thing that you said that stuck out to me, I'm not going to spoil too much of the show because I want people to watch it, but I will talk about episode one and and just some of the things you said, like it's always been there. Seeing his story, it gave me a new insight to who he was. And I think episode one was so powerful, just him having one to go get braids and having to go to the hood or seeing his mom have to ask her black co-workers to help her to figure out how to take care of my black son and how at first you can tell from the black people's response, how it was coming off condescending. But then she realized like, I, I I'm being too harsh. I'm, I'm being almost a little racist, but how she had to lighten up and open up. I think, I think you see that throughout the show. And I gotta say, uh, my man, Ron Swanson, uh, he killed it as Colin's dad. Uh, I'm gonna get his name real quick. Nick Offerman. I like, I like from Nick, Jayden, Offerman. Nick Offerman killed it. I think Mary Louise Parker killed it. And I got to say, Jaden Michael as young Colin Kaepernick was incredible. What was it like for you just seeing the relatability to this show, being that you're an African-American and seeing some of the things that he went through? I, I think it felt very real. As well, so I, I read that pilot. We had the pilot before we started the writer's room. Obviously, Starberry, for my money, is the best writer in the game right now. He's the, the LeBron of writing. I might be the LeBron of Twitter and social things like that, but I tell Starberry all the time, he's the LeBron of writing. So he uh, saw that pilot and was just so excited to be have the opportunity to work on the project. Something as simple as getting your hair braided, which, you know, we in the black community take a lot of pride in. I remember back yep. in the day, uh, and then just the way that he told that story, because, uh, you know, I shared a lot of similar experiences with Colin. First time getting my hair braided, you know, the, the scalp burning. The tenderness, and, man. Tenderheaded. Same. I remember getting my hair braided, uh, you know, very first time, like, ooh, crying and wheezing and sweating <laughs> and, like, trying to play it off and act, act tough. But also from a component of just understanding a lot of things like microaggression and things like that, that I feel like the white community, when you work in white spaces as, as a black person in America, don't really aren't keen on and aren't really perceptive of. So I think to be able to tell this side of the story, hopefully a lot of people will benefit from it. And we've seen a lot of the responses have been super, super positive. Even people in the white community, just like, yo, there's a lot of stuff that we didn't necessarily realize was offensive or was was towing the line of what could be considered uh, you know, racist and things like that to now get to see it and understand it better and, and kind of learn from these things. And of course, like I said, there's going to be a lot of people that hate it. A lot of people are going to say a lot of negative stuff. You know, a lot of people, you know, I think, you know, we started the show uh, making the comparison of the combine to a slave auction. I worked for the NFL yep. network for a number of years, spent a ton of time to combines. And that was a, a feeling that I got from it, but I'm now seeing all this outrage from people who've literally never been to a combine don't really understand that and seem to assume that only black people have dealt with slavery in the history of this world. And I think, you know, believe me that all races of you talk about dealt indentured that, servants, yeah. you know, back in the day. Yeah. It wasn't just a, a black thing, but Oh, you know, what about the white people and other people who make money too? It's like, yo, there's yep. no white slaves in, in this world. So I think people need to learn. And I think that's why ultimately as an extension of that, a lot of people that have gotten mad about that, that comparison, which was accurate are the same people who don't want critical race theory taught in school. So explain it to me because it don't make no sense to me. Yep. And you see that, 
You're getting outraged about the slavery, but you don't want it taught in school. So yep. wait, the slavery that you don't want people to know about, I'm confused. So and see, that's something that I was definitely gonna bring up. I'm gonna come, I'm gonna I'm circle back to that because that is something that I think is very important. But like you said, the just the relatability to what it was, what it was doing, and and from the tenderheadedness, but to the microaggressions, I think that's so important because my my uh, I have a girlfriend. My girlfriend is is a Caucasian lady. She watched the show with me and she was like, wow, I see my white coworkers do this to my black coworkers all the time. Now I'm going to point this out to them. And I think it's so important for, yes, black people to see this, but I think it's more important for other people to see this so they can understand what the black community has been going through and how we can try to fix this. And I think y'all captivated that in such a important and necessary way. Yeah, I think the thing about Colin, which everybody always points to is he was adopted by two white parents. And, uh, you know, I feel like his parents did, did the best of job they could. There's just a lot of stuff they simply don't understand because that's not anything they ever had to learn about. Yep. But I think it's something that we can all take from. We can all learn white, black, whatever. And all just I think we're all in this thing together. I think that's what the pandemic kind of showed us, even though there's people that want to divide and, and separate and all that good stuff. You know, I think when you look about the teachings of, of Malcolm X, Dr. Martin Luther King and other people have come along the way. You know, they eventually start to skew and, and say, look, we need to embrace kind of both sides, whatever that is, even if you don't like each other, respect each other. And that's all yep. we're hoping to show with the show is the importance and the value in that. And that's something that Colin dealt with, you know, very early on, young in his life, growing up in Turlock, California, which you look at California, you think L.A., you think the Bay, you say, oh, it's a, it's a blue state. Obviously, every election, you know, right after the polls. But closed, we never oh, see the, the, the cities in between. <laughs> There's areas, there's armpits and all yeah. kinds of areas of, of California that aren't really getting down like that. And that's something that Colin really expressed to us very early on in the writer's room saying, hey, I, I grew up five minutes away from the Grand Wizard of the Klan. I knew where he lived at. Wow. I would see Confederate flags everywhere I went. I would see racially charged just, you know, when, when fans read games in that episode, I wrote episode four, uh, the baseball scene where you got the fans screaming at him, just a lot of things like that, that, you know, he would get talked to in an extremely condescending tone that went beyond just normal trash talk. So to really be able to embrace Colin, really take a deep dive and really just learn his story. And I say that, you know, Colin is the only person, I'm a Raiders fan, Colin's the only person that'll ever have me wearing a Niners jersey. <laughs> and I wear it with, with pride. With pride, yeah. With the cap on the back. 100%. Because, what oh, he's represented to, to us in our, I said what he's represented to us in our community and just everything he's done. You look at it now, you, you look at Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, lied to his teammates, Liar. lied about getting the vaccine putting people in danger and, you know, gets off with a slap on the wrist. Meanwhile, Colin's been essentially, you know, the owners colluded against Colin to keep him out of the league blackballed for, for more than five years now because he wanted to raise social awareness about injustice. He didn't, he didn't make a big stink about his kneeling and protest. He literally, if you look at the first instance of it happening, he was just sitting by the Gatorade coolers. Minding by himself. He didn't yep. say, Hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing. Then obviously the media puts the microphones in your face. They want to get clicks and views off of it. And as we see the media do, you know, once they can't use you anymore, they'll turn their they back on you, you, you and spit you yep. out. And they say, hey, why'd you make us put this mic in your face? Like, no, <laughs> you did that on your own. Exactly. And I think y'all captivate that very well. And to circle back to the point about um, just about what the, the slavery point, because that I thought that was very, very polarizing. I saw a lot of responses on Twitter of of every race being upset at that. And I think. I want to hear how you expound on this, but the way what I took from it was not that these players are slaves, not that these players are going through slavery, just how similar 
the situation of the combine is to how slaves were bought and sold at auctions. I think that's the only comparison y'all were making. I don't think you were saying that, oh, these NFL players have it as hard as slaves. No, but this is the thing that'll, that'll happen when you get into you dealing with people who want to gravitate on. If you look at the people who really made that issue and took issue with it, like I said, these are the same people that don't want critical race theory taught yep. in schools. These are the same people that don't want slavery taught in schools. They don't want to ever, their fragility won't allow them to to feel any type of way to know that, oh, in our histories of the nation's past, it's very, very dark. You know, you look at the 1619 Project and other things like that. So I've worked for the NFL for a number of years. I've been at Combine's. There's f several aspects of combines that used to get broadcast on television, like the way in where these dudes show up half naked, get their heights and weights and all these things. Yep. But what you don't see on the other side of the camera is a three to 400 predominantly white coaches just staring and gawking at them and looking at them like they're pieces of meat and talking about them in that similar vein. You don't see the testing that goes on behind the scenes where these guys are half naked, getting every part of their body poked and prodded. And I understand the, the, the aspect of it. Yes, you're making an investment on players, but when we go on job interviews, they don't make us walk around butt naked and, you know, that's a fact. Check, check all our muscles and all these other type of things going on. So there's a lot of components and aspects. And this is also not a new thing. This has been talked about for a long, long time. The NFL itself even not uh, acknowledges the need to humanize yeah. the common process. So at the end of the day, it's just people who, are, who aren't well-learned, aren't well-researched, we're looking for something to gravitate, be mad about, and in typical traditional fashion, took it and made it something that's completely not. We didn't say the NFL slavery or anything like yeah. that. We, we merely pointed out that the combine and aspects of the combine share a similarity to slave auctions. And uh, that's a, a fact. That's not anything that's debatable. Exactly. There's a problem with that. Uh, it's not intelligent enough to really have a discourse about it and took it to a whole new level. Oh, he said this and he said that. Watch the show. He didn't say any of those things that you're claiming he said. Exactly. He made a comparison. First five minutes, you'll know exactly what they're saying. And, and that's why I was like, when I saw the outrage on Twitter, I was like, did y'all even watch the show? Or are y'all just reading no. like, a variety article headline and now making your own spin on it. I, I'm glad you said that because I think that needed clarification. But let's go into, like I said, I don't want to spoil too much of the show, but you we, you talked about it. How was writing episode four being that that was seeing how fans treated Colin? And I know you're big into basketball with out of pocket. And I, I'm assuming this is around similar times of fans throwing stuff at Russ and everything going on with Utah and all of just what we've dealt with through from bubble seat pre right before bubble season started to to now. How was how was writing episode four, just seeing how it's still relevant to the to today? So I think when you look at back at, back at the experiences that Colin had, a lot of people didn't realize that Colin was a, you know, a star pitcher in high school probably could have went MLB, probably been more successful in the major leagues than he was in the NFL. You know, he had every school in the country recruiting him. Every top major baseball program was trying to give him a scholarship. And uh, that's just not what he wanted. And I think a lot of us can can draw similar comparisons to our lives. Sometimes there's things that people want us to do, maybe our parents, whoever it may be, that aren't the things that we want. So we need yep. to concentrate and focus on things we want to do. But for me personally, getting, getting able to write that episode and being able to work with Robert Townsend, who's a, a hero and an icon of mine, and somebody I don't think gets anywhere near the level of respect. You know, I told Mr. That's Townsend okay. when I saw him at the premiere, it was my first first time seeing him because I wasn't allowed to be on set because of COVID, but first time actually seeing him, giving him a hug, and just telling him, you know, Hollywood Shuffle was the first movie that I saw in theaters as a child. And the, just the impact that it had on my life, thinking that this was a normal thing to see black people, people who look like myself in positions where, you know, they were they were making a parody of all the situations that we deal with and traditionally have to be in slave films and things like that. But I just remember being in a theater and everybody just laughing. I'm, I'm almost five years old at this point, but it has such a lasting impact on my life and everything else he's gone on to do the five heartbeats, Meteor Man, which is first black know, superhero. 
That's one of my fact. favorite memeable movies. One of yep. my favorite memeable movies. Just, just tons of hit the baby lords and all that good <laughs> stuff in that joint. But just everything he's done from a comedy standpoint and just being wholesome and, and family friendly comedy. So, and you know, just to see him, him give me a big hug and tell me how proud he was of me. Honestly, man, I had to hold tears back. So to be That's a part awesome. of this project, to work with Ava again, you know, Ava's a UCLA Bruin like myself. I've always had a, just a tremendous amount of love and affection for her from afar for everything she's been able to do, especially as a black woman, woman in Hollywood. And, you know, you, you talk about the pecking order and the totem pole, so to speak. You know, black women are very close to the bottom of that. And what she's been able to do and open up a, a trail for other black women to follow is extremely amazing and impressive. But you also learn working with Ava why she's so successful, because she runs an extremely tight ship. She demands a, a certain level of quality with everything she does, and she's not afraid to, to bite her tongue. Uh, she will tell you when things aren't where they need to be. And I think that's ultimately why she's so successful and why it was so beneficial to be able to work with her. Yeah, just learning how she plays ball. It just something you can add to your game. That's awesome. Now, sure. the, the final question I'm going to ask you about Colin Black and White, because I do want everybody to go watch it, is what was it like writing the last episode? Because you wrote two episodes, and I think your two episodes, and this is not me sound, sounding biased because you're my OG, but I think your two episodes had some of the most important and powerful moments to his life. What was it like writing that closing episode? So I didn't, I didn't write the closing episode. I got a story by credit and what that means for a lot of people who don't know that side, because I appreciate you bringing that up. So me and Starberry worked together, kind of developing the story for that episode, working with Colin as well. Uh, and when you watch that episode, you see Starberry, who was the showrunner of the show. He put my name first, man. And just, I think that's a testament just who he is as an individual on that story by, he's a showrunner. He could have easily said, I just want he my own, it. I'm just going to write the whole thing. And I don't want you to be a part of it. I would have happily, you know, took that because I appreciate him just for getting, getting me the gig and giving me some run. But just to show, you know, when you hear the horror stories about Hollywood and, 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 and the shady and dirty stuff that goes on, Starberry is completely opposite from that. So for him to put my name first on the story by section, when really, you know, I'm just thankful to him that I get to be in his presence, man. And like I said, I'm, I'm the king of Twitter. Some people like to call me whatever, you know, you know, he's the LeBron of writing. So I don't look at myself, you know, I might be a KCP. I might be, a, you know, whoever, a AD or whatever, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the, you know, the featured, featured, featured person on that side. But for him to, to do that, man, honestly, something I really, really tremendously appreciate. And really just being able to tell Colin's story, people don't realize, and I was always fascinated by this guy. He literally got his football scholarship off of a basketball game. And that's a real thing that happened. Uh, Nevada was looking at him. They hadn't offered him a scholarship yet. Coaches went and checked out his basketball game, saw how athletic he was, and basically made the point, like, look, if he doesn't play quarterback, we'll give him a shot for that. But if it doesn't work, we can move him to DB, which is another yeah. great position. He's another, you know, typical, typical, especially for black quarterbacks in, yep. in previous times. Oh, we'll move you to, you know, Lamar Jackson. We'll find a spot for you. Oh, you could be a wide receiver. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm a quarterback. I'm a quarterback. Dog. That's, that's, that's what I play. Never, and they're like, hey, hey, Peyton, you could be a DB if it don't yeah. work out a quarterback. It's like, you know, they never have that issue. So to be able to write that and just show people who this guy was and another point and thing that we really wanted to rally behind, you talk about a kid who was adopted. He was never anybody's first choice, first option. Similar situation when he got to the Niners, Alex Smith was the starting quarterback. Yep. I believe Alex Smith got hurt. Colin got inserted. Similar situation when he was at uh, Nevada Reno. Uh, the starting guy got hurt. Colin went in, kind of, you know, then just inserted took the job himself, and yeah. there was no looking back from there. So always just a guy who's going to take opportunities and run with it. So to see his story, I hope a lot of people, especially people in the black community, can watch that story and find something for themselves that they can really gravitate towards and really find some inspiration in. Just understand that even when you're in industry, industries that don't see your value, you can rise to the top, you know, if you, if you put the effort in, if you work as hard as possible and you stay on that straight and narrow. 
That's a fact. It's all about the grind. You told me that from day one. It's about the work you put in and making sure you're consistent. And I, I, I'm going to testament to that. You are and Colin is as well. Final thing about the show that I want to ask you, because I didn't know that that uh, st- what's it called? The story by that you that you did. Uh, yeah, I, I did not know about that because I just remember when I was watching the show, I was taking my notes and and checking IMDb and I saw that that's awesome. And that just shows how black creators look out for each other. And I think that's a big thing. So I'm glad that I that I was able to bring that up and learn about that. But the final thing about the it show needs to be a bigger thing, it yeah. needs to be a bigger thing. I'll just say that. No, I look, I agree. Everybody with can you. look out. Mm hmm. It, what what now that you've done this experience with Netflix, you created Legends of Chamberlain Heights in terms of just in Hollywood making great content. What are you looking forward to for yourself next? If you can share anything and then a quick side two parter. What what are your thoughts on? Because I loved how this was a scripted show, but it also had some documentary feel to it where Colin would come in and narrate. I think that was a very beautiful choice. If you could talk to me about that as well. I'll hit that one first. And just, I think that was uh, something that, that Ava and Starberry had worked out from the beginning. And we spent a lot of time kind of locking that in and figuring it was out beautiful. It worked, man. I think, I think what she was able to do, but Colin looking at his younger self and then, you know, I don't want to spoil, but eventually, you know, you know, that, that up, mechanism, yeah. him, him be able to, to walk into those moments and look at just his youth and the things that he dealt with and kind of reflected was extremely beautiful from the very first frame with the tight shot of Colin, Honestly, I was just spellbound. We have scripts, we read scripts. I didn't get to see anything in advance of the actual premiere. So to see the words that we had on those paper turn into this beautiful art with Ava and the amazingly talented production crew directors, everyone assembled on the staff. I think everyone just you should be, you know, deserves a round of applause and just yes, y'all do. should be take, take great pride and in, in honor in what they've been able to make. This was a piece of history and it still hasn't really hit me yet because it's only a couple weeks old now, but just the impact and influence that this is going to have on the culture. And like I said, the way I'm seeing on Twitter, you know, mothers out there, fathers out there showing their, their young kids watching this thing and what's, what they're taking from and what they're learning about the world and just how to approach things, especially as a black man or woman. It's, it's huge. For me, myself, you know me, I'm always stay out there grinding, you know, 10 toes down. It's funny, man, I was working in the writer's room on that show and kind of living a dual life because I'm getting the social stuff out. So we would take break, breaks in the writer's room. You know, we might have lunch or whatever. I got to go pop out into my I'm office do a tweet. <laughs> Guy got fired some tweets real quick. So I'm sitting in the writer's room as tweets are going viral and all types of stuff's going on and kind of living this duality. But it's been amazing for me to see the way that social has now opened up a lot of avenues and pathways for myself to be doing stuff I would have never imagined. And this is something I would say to people that are trying to get in these spaces. Like, you know, really, as long as you have a phone and an internet connection and a, you know, a consistent grind and want to work hard and want to learn, and deal with the mental health side of it as well. Because once you start rising these ladders, you know, it's great getting the Ava cosigns and the John Legend cosigns and the LeBron cosigns and the KDs and the Stephs. But with, with that comes a lot of hate and bitterness and spite yep. from people who aren't doing those things. So just keep your mental health straight. You know, it really has changed me as a person and made me approach social a lot differently. I used to be a lot more out of pocket, as you know, the name of my show suggests. But as I've gotten a little older, more mature, just learn to respect, you know, each individual human beings and now share jokes that everybody can laugh at 
even if somebody's mentioned in the joke that they can now share in the locker room and get a little kick out of because they can find the humor in these things. So I'm gonna keep grinding. I got a lot of projects I'm developing. Also wanted to use this project to show people what it was, you yeah. know, as you can imagine, a lot of people doubt, a lot of people, oh, we don't really know what you can do. If you're this, you just- Gotta show them who you are. Oh, I love that, OG. You know how I feel about that. Show them what time it is. Now they see the the show with the written by at the end of it. Like, oh, damn. Like, you could do that, too. Like, yeah, I could do a lot of things. I don't just need to be limited in one box. And that's why I look at Colin, and I find a lot of inspiration in my own life. I don't need to be what you say I am. I need to be what I want to be. And I'm going to make sure that I get to where I want to be. No, that's a fact. And that's beautiful for everybody out there chasing their dreams. Josiah is, like I said, he is the ultimate guy, testament to working hard and grinding. Like I said, that's the first thing he told me when we talked off air about you keep up the grind and good things will happen. Now, before we get you up out of here, got to talk a little, little bit of sports. And but before I, even get, before I get to that, what was it like seeing getting that LeBron co-sign over the summer or whatever? I, I think it was over the summer or, or maybe last yeah, year. June, I just I remember June, June when that 10th. popped off, man. What was that like for you? I know that was a moment. June 10, 2021 is, is a national holiday for Josiah. Uh, I will never <laughs> work another June 10th in my life. But just to get the recognition, I always I always had a sneaky suspicion that LeBron and I had heard people be like, oh, I sent this to Brian or whatever. He cracked up. And I'm like, OK, sure. Yeah, I believe it when I see it. But just to have that situation happen, obviously, you know, it really helped validate all the stuff I'm doing in social. And I hope for a lot of those naysayers and critics of mine who didn't believe that that social had value, that they saw it as well. And they were in their feelings. And like I say, every I just try to make sure every day is a tough day for my haters. So far, it's been working out good. You know, don't ever give them any any opportunity to really take any joy or success on anything that's going on. Just make it really miserable. And that's the advice mm-hmm. I would give to everybody. You always have people rooting against you. Always have people who don't want to see you shine. So just make their days miserable. Like every day they got to wake up and see you doing it. You know how much that just burns and hurts them. You don't even need to say anything to them. They just got to feel that every single day. So that's yep. the, the goal and the hope that I have. It's like every day, everybody who wants me to, you know, fall off or don't think I'm this, that, or whatever, they just got to get, damn, he got that too. Damn, he got LeBron. Damn. Damn, Ava sending this stuff to Oprah? What? <laughs> Ooh, I'm dropping a sensation on the air horn behind that. Y'all didn't hear that. I'm not going to talk about that, but that's a big, that, look, I heard it. That's all I, that's all that matter to me. Huge. Bum, 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 bum. But now that, now that we got that, <laughs> now that we got that out the way, what's up with you Lakers, man? Are y'all going to be okay? Y'all are looking rough. Uh, Derek Fisher in one of the post games accidentally called Westbrook Westbrook is not looking good over there at Lakeland. What's up? So I would say, look, if, if the season was 10 games long, then congrats to the Warriors. You guys <laughs> are the champions. Thankfully, the season is 82 games long. LeBron has missed several games early in the season. Yep. When LeBron's been there, they've been more in tune. Yeah, it's a little concerning. Obviously, they had a pretty cupcake schedule to start the season. Not necessarily the position they want to be in. But again, I think all of this is building towards as long as they finish top 10 in the West, is the only thing that matters. They could give themselves a shot to get into the playoffs. And even looking last year, obviously the Suns got to the finals last year, but the Lakers were on their way to going up 3-1 in that series before AD got hurt. Yep. So the game is the game. So as long as this team can stay healthy, ultimately we'd rather deal with these injuries earlier in the season than later. But uh, we're just going to keep keep on the straight and narrow. Everybody's going to talk that stuff now. That's the, the great thing about NBA Twitter in a nutshell. 
everybody has a bunch of stuff to pop off after yeah. every single game. Then as the season progresses, it starts getting a little quiet and a little quieter <laughs> and a little quieter. The bottom line is Lakers, Lakers have won a championship in the LeBron era after years of not making the playoffs. So whatever they want to say, LeBron's a year 19, still putting in work. We got AD, you know, Clown Westbrook, all you want. I'm a big Westbrook fan. Westbrook always picks it up towards it later on in the season. He's working through some some kinks right now. And look, it's tough. It's tough joining a new squad. It's yeah, tough it taking a role where you're used to being that guy where now you got to take a secondary or third option role at times. But he's going to figure it out, get the ship right it, and uh, he's going to be able to do his thing. So all y'all Westbrook haters, we're taking <laughs> notes. We're keeping receipts. And, you know, right now, right now it's clowning. But, you know, when things, the ship gets right, oh, they got a super team and it's not yeah, fair. Whatever, it definitely whatever. So will be that. The game is the game. No, there that's a know. fact. And let me shout out Melo because Melo been balling for y'all, man. Melo been the... Man, they left. I feel bad, too, because I, I mean, I, I would get the occasional joke off. I'm reactionary. It was never any 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 spite to Melo. Always a big Melo fan, but I got to react to whatever's going on in the news. No, that's a fact. But to see Melo, you know, had that man out of the league talking about he was washed, this, that, whatever. He was now far from it. Show. He need more home games. That's all the thing I was saying. At home, <laughs> at home, he looked like MJ. You know, <laughs> I don't know. On the road, that jumper would be a little broker, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. No, that's a fact. How do you feel? And I got two more questions for you, and I'm getting you out of here. How do you feel about the light-skinned mafia of the Warriors? Are they the real deal? They get Klay Thompson back. It seems like they're there. Jordan Poole took, a st- took another step, even though it's been 10 games. Can he continue that? How do you feel about the Warriors? Look, I think the Warriors have a, a phenomenal squad. You got to give all praise to Steph, what he's doing at, at his age in the league. But, you know looking at how these guys take care of their bodies and things like that. You know, Steph, I want to say what the oldest player to ever drop 50 and 10 assists in the game when he, when he did that last uh, to the Hawks and Trey yep. Young and them. So tons of love for Steph. You know, I, I said this last year when Warriors fans were trying to compare their team to a church league team and were trying to undervalue their squad. It's like you had a top three offensive player who arguably could have been MVP and Steph, top three defensive player, Andrew Wiggins. You had a proficient squad. You had a solid enough squad. I mean, nobody's saying you need to win the West or finish top four, but you had a squad that was good enough to compete in the West. And now when Clay comes back, that's just going to be an icing on the cake. Hopefully, you know, for, for myself, just somebody who loves basketball, seeing what Clay's dealt with the past few years. You want to see him just, healthy. Just those injuries. And you want to see him healthy. You want to see him. And honestly, if Clay's out there doing work, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy if the Warriors are successful, Same. man. Ultimately, you don't wish injury on anybody ever. You know, some and people Clay's do just that. And such a good guy. And I don't know him, but just everything I see from the outside, he just seems like a really good dude. I mean, Clay on the Clay on the bike and full gear looking at. I don't know if y'all got a. I don't know if y'all got Bally's out there, but you go yeah, to Bally's out here. That, that's the that's the fit of people who work out at Bally's. Like they'll come straight from work with the pants. <laughs> but you got to respect it. So just to see see him out there doing it, man, I'm super excited and I'm just happy to see good basketball. Hopefully, we get this Lakers Warriors playoff showdown. You know, hopefully LeBron dot Steph I again from three <laughs> to steal it. I know that's how you feel. Now, final question. Who who you who you rocking without the East? Because the Bulls have been looking good. I really like Lamelo and them, even though I think it's it's a year year too early for them. The Hawks need to turn it around, and of course you got the powerhouse of the KD and Harden as well as the Bucks. Who you liking out the East? I think look, even without Kyrie, the Nets having KD playing at the level he's at. You talk about another guy who came back from what used to be a devastating injury, a, a career ruining injury. To play at the level he played at, even last year, you know, going 53 minutes into Game Seven against the Bucks and being a, a big toe away from, you know, taking taking the Nets to the finals in the championship, you can't count out that squad. Harden's going to figure it out too. Everybody's kind of getting their Harden jokes off now because, yeah. you know, the refs and the fa- but like, you know, it's like Jurassic Park. Life will find a way. He will adapt. He will continue 
to to get buckets. And you know, like I said, people are gonna get their jokes in now early in the season. I understand it, but you know, talk talk all that come playoff time once these dudes <laughs> are fully locked in. But also, I'm a big. Uh, my dad works with the Bucks, and you know, I got to pander to them all the time. I love what Boonehoser's doing over there with that squad. They got a lot better. You know, added some added some nice strong pieces over there. And Giannis is another year stronger and better. And knocking down jumpers now, man. Everybody act like Giannis don't this, Giannis don't have that. Giannis really didn't start hooping until he was like 12, 13 years old. Yep. So he's still getting better as a basketball player. You know what I mean? He's still not even reached that point where he's at the highest point of his basketball skill. He's a That's late a bloomer behind a lot of guys. A lot of us started playing at five, six, seven years old. You know, he's in Greece. He's he's out on the street slanging watches and DVDs, and he ain't really got time for all that. Yep. He got to figure out where his meals are coming from. But just a dude who's hungry to learn it. And one of my dads, you know, I just, my dad loves his work ethic, how hard he plays. And, you know, my dad told this story. It was like, you know, 10 degrees outside, freezing snow. My dad's at the hotel prepping. He looks at, he sees this big, dark figure, you know, <laughs> running in the facility in the freezing cold and some gym shorts, whatever. It's Giannis going to just get more work in. So the guy works his, his butt off, his tail off. So I'm, I'm super excited for them as well. Hopefully we get that. And I'm a, I'm a big Trey Young fan too. So hopefully the Hawks figure it out. It's going to take a little time. I'm a big LaMelo fan as well. But like you said, they're about a year or two away. But what LaMelo is doing on this court Huge. at this age, I Give yeah. Lamar Ball his flowers. That's a fact. That's a fact. So you liking the Bucks, Nets to you know maybe make that 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 Eastern Conference, and we liking the Hawks and, and the Hornets, of course. Thank you so much, just Josiah, my man. Thank you, OG. Tell the people where they can follow you at on social media, and tell them where they can get all your content at. King Josiah, fifty-four. You already know. Ain't nothing changed except the number after the dot on the range. But I ain't got a range, but I hope that I get one. <laughs> 100%, man. Enjoy the rest of your morning. Thank you so much, Josiah. Appreciate you, as always, for coming on the show. All right, brother. Take care. All right. Well, that was a good interview, Lyndon. Um, you know, really interesting that we got the writer of Colin Black and White to come in and talk about it. Uh, you know, going into my thoughts about it, um, I didn't know what I was watching first episode i'm like is this gonna be like colin like old old colin talking about different things throughout the thing or is it gonna be more based on like the, the characters on the show and then as we got farther and farther in the episode i fell in love with that side of the show like big time i thought the actors were great it was cool to see nick offerman and mary louise yes uh, parker Talks about right, that yeah, early right, in the right, interview. Right. I was just like, that was one of my favorite things is seeing, like, like you said, and I think the guy who played Colin killed it. He, he did. He really did. He did a really great job. Uh, I also thought his friends did a really good job. That little white friend he had that was like trying to keep him out of trouble. I, I liked him a lot. I thought, uh, I thought that guy did a really good job. You know, there's just certain episodes that kind of stick with you. The one episode that stuck with me the most was the hotels. Mm um because like it's something that like you know i would have never caught but i wonder if so many other people would have had that experience that was that was impactful i like the fan when the fans were throwing the stuff like dealing with the fan reaction of him in college of like at his game and like one of the final episodes of just reminding me of stuff going on today fans throwing shit at russell westbrook and shit yeah yeah it was it was just uh, impactful, man. It was a good show. Like some, it was the, very story, some of the stories of history, yeah, the educational stuff, like the educational stories, his, touching on history, were really interesting. Really, kind of like made you think as well as be entertained, which I think is what's really successful about it. You know, I, post watching it, I wanted to look and see what like the reviews were. People critically, obviously, were good, 
and you know obviously it's divisiveness rings forward through in in the common boards but you know if you we you know sift through the unintelligent people you find people who would be like okay well this you know does this 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 in a really intelligent way yeah no and that and that's I thought it was really well done yeah, Ava, uh, the the lead writer, Star Michael Starberry, the Josiah, the whole team—they just did a good job of just crafting a very good story. So kudos to those guys. If you haven't seen it yet, make sure y'all go check it out. Comic Black Mike, really good. So yeah, yeah no. it's, it, you can watch it quickly. I mean, six episodes, thirty episodes, uh, thirty minutes each. Like some, some are like twenty-five. Like it's not, it's not that long. Man. So the, the one thing that it reminded me of, which is kind of like a weird comparison to give it to, and it kind of leads into our next conversation, is a uh, young rock. Yeah, it did have. I I see where you go there. I see where you could say that because because like you know it is like rock talking about his past, and there actually are themes that are touched on in Young Rock that are touched on in Colin Black and White as well. Okay, um, like, but that's interesting. But speaking of the rock. Red Notice was great. Red Notice was fucking great. Did you not like it? Like I'm sitting here laughing. No, I liked it. I mean, I thought it was good. I, there was definitely you know Ryan Reynolds does his thing with his jokes. I thought that the twist was performed really well. The twist was great. Didn't um, see that coming. No. Uh, didn't see the other twist coming either. <laughs> Wait, which other? What other twist? The the twist that leads into the sequel. Oh, wait, that's the twist I was talking about. Oh, really? Wait, the twist yeah, that leads to the sequel? You talking about Ryan Reynolds coming back? Yeah. Oh, uh, I didn't care about that. That, that. that was a good twist. But I'm talking about the major twist with The Rock. Didn't see that coming. No, I did not see it coming at all. You try to piece things together at the end. You're like, oh, man, like maybe, I, you know, because you think you, you start thinking in one way and then you get to the, that point, you're just like, oh, everything I knew was a lie. The moment in the movie that I did question it the most was when The Rock was just shooting back at the other, at the cops in the thing. I was like, why don't you just arrest Bishop right now? Like, why are you yeah. shooting when y'all are driving away? And he was like, and, and Ryan Reynolds asked him, he was like, because they shot at me first. I was like, what? But I mean, and then I'm like thinking to myself and in that moment, I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense. <laughs> Like me and myself here, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, okay. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I did. I thought it, and I was like, well, you know what, whatever. It, they shot first. Maybe he's just trying to get the, the capture for the FBI, you know? He's just trying to clear his name. I don't know. I bought it, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I also love when Ryan Reynolds was like, how'd you get free? And I was like, yeah, wait, how did the rock get free? Did he just use his super strength? I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was just strong. I was just like, oh yeah, he's strong. <laughs> it's like when the bull hit him. I was like, wait, my guy just tanked the hit from the bull and just got up. I understand the rock's a big man. That was the biggest are we sure? <laughs> that was the biggest are we sure. I was like, that dude's dead. <laughs> I don't care who you are. You're dead. There's no way that RPG is just flying through that helicopter. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was another like uh, okay, this is this kind of movie. That was my that was probably my big roll of my eyes moment of the movie. I was just like, oh. <laughs> I loved it though. It was it was the right amount of cheese though. It was hilarious. I think Ryan Reynolds yeah, in The Rock worked funny. better way more than Kevin Hart in The Rock. They might, you know. I thought that their team up went really well. They did they bounced off each other really well. 
the a lot of comedy involved. Um, you mentioned it off air with the dude, the Soche Voce guy or whatever. He was great, really funny, and all that stuff was really funny. Soche Voce had me dying, bro. <laughs> like, dude, dude passed out from the drink. And Gal Gadot should never sing downtown again. That was that was cringy. Let me just say that. She should never sing downtown again. Well, was the best part about that was when Ryan Reynolds was like, she's got a really great singing voice. Yeah. But Soche Voce passes out. Dude gets up, starts shooting, missing everywhere, passes out again, and then gets hit by the bull. That Soche Voce dude was hilarious, bro. She was fucking funny. Oh, this is just a good movie. And Love that Red Notice 2 needs to happen, but it was reported today this was Netflix's most expensive movie. So hopefully it, you know, brings back in the, the money. But they had a lot That's of product probably placement. Why it was one of the better ones. Yeah, fair enough. But they did have a lot they of product did. placement. So it, I'm, I'm guessing some of that paid for Porsche. itself. Porsche. They had Ryan Reynolds' is tequila. They have multiple what products. What did you catch? Huh? Hmm. The tequila is the one where they were doing the Yeah, the I was rock, like trying to think about the product placement. Yep. The Porsche was the big yeah. one, though. I was like, wow, this was a Porsche commercial. Coke. Yep. Coke had multiple. There, there's multiple in there. But I also loved how Ryan Reynolds dressed like Indiana Jones. I was like, this is pretty funny. They're spoofing a lot of yeah. shit, but it, it worked. They did spoof a lot of stuff, yeah. He, he did kind of have like that Indiana Jones-ish feel to him. Like, He's it fu- almost like... Oh, no, go yeah. ahead. Like, I feel like Ryan Reynolds really needs to like get a lot more shine in the next movie. I agree. This movie felt like to catch um, to catch a thief, the old uh, Cary Grant movie, North by Northwest. This felt like Indiana Jones. This felt like an old movie, but in like modern day sensibilities, like a classic style of movie. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, I was I rocked. With it. it was great. Yeah, I definitely think that. Yeah, I thought this was an essential rock movie. Yeah, definitely felt honestly one of his better ones. Like I would rank the Rocks movies that probably be a top ten. Oh yeah, this is definitely one of the best movies that people would be like, oh yeah, what about this movie? Be like, well, that movie's trash. Actually, this is one of the Rocks' better movies. This is one of Ryan Reynolds' better movies. Yeah, I mean, I probably like this movie better than Counterintelligence, Kevin Hart. Yeah, and I like this movie more than uh Six Underground. I know some people love Six Underground. Six Underground, yeah. That's the Michael Bay Ryan Reynolds movie. So, you know, and I like this better than the Hitman Bodyguard series so, that Ryan Reynolds has with Sam Jackson. Yeah. So shout out well, to I Red mean, Notice. This, this was probably Netflix. This probably was Netflix's best of the year. Might be top five ever. It's top look, 10, I'm, I'm going to say this. The Leo movie is yeah, definitely going to pass this up, but I see why they promote this Maybe. movie a lot. The Leo movie is going to be good, bro. Don't do that. That's a Jonah Hill, Leo, Timothy Chalamet. Barrel. That's going to be a big movie. J-Law. Maybe. It's gonna be a big movie. Like, you know, I, I had to take it back when I said the top five. But like now, that I'm even thinking about the top ten. I'm like, eh, might be like sitting at twelve. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a good like I I give the, there, I score this movie eight, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Because like it's it's almost like I forgot about the harder they fall. And I'm like the harder they fall is really freaking good. Yeah, that's another. And the harder they fall is so, better than Red Notice. But Red Notice saying, is yeah. fun though. Red Notice is fun. It's one of the more fun, campy action movies that, that work like yeah, the best campy action movie that they've done i agree and it works really really well so i give it an eight out of ten yeah i'll give it a seven all right that's not bad that's not bad yeah i'll give it a seven out of ten all right that's pretty much it man yeah i mean that's, that's about it uh we had a really good episode this week you know unfortunately disney plus didn't give us that great of a drop which we were expecting a little bit more 
Um, but I digress. You know, DC fandom. People are griping about that, but yeah, we'll see. Facts. That's a fact. What, what did Disney Plus give us? Yeah, and just ass yeah. boot a boot a. But you do have a couple weeks to you know listen to this episode, listen to our great interview that we had about Colin and Black and White. Um, you will catch us in a couple weeks when we come back. We'll talk about an abundance of things. We'll talk about Cowboy Bebop. What was the one that we were just saying that's going to come out as well? Hawkeye. Yeah, Tiger King too. All kind of shit. A couple weeks. But soon. Maybe King Richard too. Like, there's a lot of shit we got to talk when we come back. Tiger King. King Richard. Yep, exactly. All of that. All of that. So let me go ahead and tell the people where they can find you on social media. All right, you can follow me at LinBWT. Follow the bros who think at bros who think. And uh, yeah, man, you got a lot of good stuff coming out. Check out the bros who think podcast this week. Uh, check out the One Piece video we got dropping. Other than that, oh, an anime talk. Be sure to check that out. But just make sure you subscribe to wherever you get podcasts at. Yeah, you can follow me at Twitter and Instagram at HUber14. Check out Letterboxd at NBWT. I did say that the most recent thing I did put on there was that Taylor Swift short film. But I do have some other stuff coming that I'm going to be reviewing this week. And uh, yeah, so I hope everyone out there has a great couple weeks, a good Thanksgiving holiday. We'll be back with so much more to finish out the year with some really great shows that are, and movies that are coming out. We're going to finish 2021 strong and get into uh, almost there to book a boba at the end of the year. So we're going to be getting right up close to Christmas season. So I guess when uh, we'll be starting Christmas movie stuff in about three weeks. Just about. Yep. Excited for that. All right. But I hope everyone has a great week and holiday. And as always, keep binging.